Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, Hallelujah, What a Savior. Troubles and trials were never a stranger to John Vassar. At 12 years old, he had to stop his education and go to work in a brickyard. When he was 20, he fell through a log bridge and broke his leg. For the remainder of his life, he limped. 
He nursed his troubles with curses and wild bursts of anger. The more trouble he had, the further he seemed to drift into irreverence and ungodliness. At 25 years old, he was married and went to work in a brewery. With a loving wife and a well-paying job, he thought his troubles were behind him. But three years later, a vexation of a different kind came to haunt him. It started when his cousin persuaded him to go to church. John went and fell under such deep conviction of sin that he had difficulty sleeping at night. On his job, he grouched at fellow employees and cursed his wretchedness. This burden was happily lifted when he surrendered his life to Christ in a church in Poughkeepsie, New York. I've never had such peace, he testified afterwards. John Vassar now became noted for his ready smile and his quickness to say a word for Jesus. Within a year after he met Christ his Savior, he became widely known for his zeal and success in personal soul winning. Revival preachers sought his assistance. During a service, he would sit with his head bowed. Every time the preacher presented the gospel truth, I say, Lord, send that home. He said in explanation, after the service, he would counsel many new believers. In September of 1847, almost six years after he was saved, the first of three heavy blows fell upon John Vassar. His youngest son died. The following autumn, his oldest son died after a short illness. His wife was not strong enough for the next year. John tenderly cared for her. Then she died. John's acquaintances speculated if he would continue to remain faithful to Christ. And they did not have to long to wonder. John Vassar quit his job and launched out into full-time Christian work. The American Tract Society gave him a small salary, and for the next 28 years, he traveled from coast to coast, on foot, on horseback, by train, by steamer, calling himself the shepherd's dog. He sometimes visited 40 families a day, talking to over a 1,000 people each month about Christ. As John Vassar grew older, people began affectionately calling him Uncle John, During the Civil War, Uncle John limped along the front lines, witnessing and praying for both Union and Confederate soldiers. Once he was captured by the Confederate hero, General Stewart, and held for alleged spying, but he was released when an aide warned the general, if you don't get that crippled man out of here, we'll have a prayer meeting from here to Richmond. When Uncle John Vassar died in 1873, he was eulogized as the most effective soul winner in America. Thousands acknowledged they found Christ through his ministry, the ministry of a crippled man who found victory over suffering. The secret of John Vassar's success in soul winning is that he was interested in the individual. He did not do it for his own glory, but for the Lord's. Listen now as Lucinda Richardson sings for us this beautiful song entitled, Sometimes It Takes a Storm.
When your waters are so troubled, you don't think you count at all. Waves may seem like mountains when your boat is oh so small. But somewhere past the clouds waits a new day to begin. Sometimes it takes a storm to calm the storm within. Sometimes it takes a storm to know you need a shelter.
for I found my hiding place. Oh, thank you for the storm. Lord, you are my hiding place. You are listening to Join the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at this same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altunabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at 942-2131. Listen now as Russell Mills plays for us in the violin this wonderful song, Near the Cross. Thank you. 
Amy was born on March the 26th, 1971, then wrapped in a towel by her unwed teenage mother and left in a smoldering trash barrel. She was badly burned, barely alive. Authorities said that the temperature fell to 45 degrees that evening. The trash in the barrel was smoldering. Around 8 p.m., a man came with more trash. He heard a curious sound, and by flashlight, he saw what he first thought was an abandoned kitten dumped in the barrel. He pulled a towel, wrapped bundle from the barrel, discovered it was an infant, and rushed it to his home, where he called the police. The baby was taken to Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, Missouri. Doctors said her chances of living were almost zero. Burns covering 70% of the tiny body, almost everywhere but her face. The baby girl amazed doctors with her will to live. In December of 1971, at the age of nine months, Amy was transferred to the Shriners Burn Institute at Galveston, Texas. She underwent her first extensive skin grafting and plastic surgery. Then the following February, Amy was released to her adoptive parents in Galveston. The father is a longshoreman, her mother a nurse. The family includes three school-aged sisters. Amy thrived, and her circumstances was considered a miracle by all. When Israel complained of being forsaken and forgotten by God in Isaiah 49, the Lord answered and said, Can a woman forget her sucking child, and that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yes, they may forget, yet I will not forget thee. It is hard to imagine that a mother would abandon her child, but sad to say, it does happen. And in contrast, it is utterly impossible that God would abandon his own. Our wonderful Heavenly Father simply does not forsake those who have been born into his family. The Christian can count on God's continual provision, protection, and care. Listen now as Larry Grable sings for us his song entitled, Moment by Moment. Jesus, my Savior, I know you are here. You are my shepherd, so why should I fear? Gladly I'll follow whatever may come, knowing each footstep is leading me trust you, I find you are true. Moment by moment, I'm walking with you. Never a sorrow that you do not feel. Never a sickness that struggle you reign on the 
Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors will be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for our Bible study porch for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 4, verse number 9. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. We're going to continue our study on the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Herodians were a political group. The Sadducees and Pharisees, both a religious group. But who are the Samaritans? To understand about the Samaritans, we must give a brief synopsis of the history of the nation of Israel. Abram, to Abraham, to Isaac, Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. The twelve sons of Jacob become the twelve tribes of the nation of Israel. Then you have Moses, the giving of the law, and the law was dedicated with blood. And during the time of the judges, every man did that which was right in his own sight. Judges twenty-one twenty-five. Then the nation of Israel looked at the other nations, and they saw that they had kings. And God tells Samuel that Israel did not reject him, but they were rejecting God. And God gave the nation a king after their own heart, King Saul. So you have a period of the United Kingdom of the nation of Israel from 1050 B.C. to 930 B.C. The nation of Israel, all the twelve tribes were united under one king. And this covers the reigns of Saul and David and Solomon. And though Solomon had built the temple, he began idolatrous practices. And we're going to move into the divided kingdom, 930 to 721 B.C. Following the death of Solomon, his son Rehoboam reigned as the king. The nation gave him a chance to be the king. They wanted some of his father's policies to be changed. And Rehoboam did not listen to the godly counsel given to him, but instead he listened to some foolish counsel. Rehoboam told him if they thought that his father's yoke was heavy and hard, that he would deal much harder with them. So you had the ten northern tribes, the two southern tribes. Immediately the ten northern tribes, Israel, were led away into idolatry by their king Jeroboam. Jeroboam instituted the worship of the golden calves and he formed his own priesthood and ordained a feast day. He did all of this because he feared the northern tribes would return to Jerusalem, eventually overthrow him and kill him. 
The northern tribes were further led into idolatrous practice by King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. The northern kingdom never had one godly king to lead them into the true worship of God. The northern kingdom continued to 721 BC when it was conquered by King Sennacherib of Assyria. The Assyrians did not utterly destroy all the people or all the 12 tribes, nor did all the the tribes from these 10 tribes go into captivity. King Sennacherib deported some godly Jews to Assyria. He also imported the Gentiles to the northern kingdom. The Gentiles mixed and intermarried with the Jews, trying to destroy the issue of Judaism. And these Samaritans then were hated and despised by the Jews. So the Samaritans during the earthly ministry of Christ goes back to 2 Kings chapter 17, the stopping of the ten northern kingdom, the northern tribes, by King Sennacherib of Assyria. And we know that they were not utterly destroyed because in Luke chapter 2, you'll read about Anna from the tribe of Asher. And if you think about as you would lay out a map of Israel at the time during the earthly ministry of Christ, we know you had Galilee to the north, then you had Samaria, then you had Judea. So Samaria was in the middle. Many times the Jews traveling from Judah to Galilee actually traveled east before traveling north, crossing the Jordan River, and then going north to Galilee. Why did they do this? They did it to avoid Samaria. So in John chapter 4, the Lord is in Samaria. He is talking to a Samaritan. And later on, if you read John chapter 4, verse 39, you see upon the fact that this woman believed because of the things that Christ had told her. So you have these various groups, and then you got to keep in mind that Rome is in control of the Middle East, control of Judah during this time. So we're going to continue looking, and if you have any questions concerning the life of Christ, or you'd like any questions answered during a Wednesday night Bible study, ask the pastor. You can call the church office at 942-2131, or email me at altunabible at altunabible.org. We want to study God's Word. We want to study in light of the Word of God, rightly divided. For the believer, for the unsaved, you need to believe, you need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Won't you trust Him right now, right where you're at, before it is eternally too late in your life. been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Jesus is my name.